0: Your host for LaCrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola.
1: All right, welcome to LaCrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. I'm with me today, Lame Duck Mayor Tim Cabot. <laughs> LaCrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. How's it going, Tim?
0: Good afternoon, Rick. I'm doing all right. <laughs> How about yourself?
1: does it sound offensive when I when I say that? Lame lame duck's such a weird phrase.
0: I've been called worst, believe it or
1: not. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. You've probably been called worst on this show. Not by me, of course, but maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um six oh eight, seven eight five, seven nine one four again is the talk and text line. For those of you that got questions with uh Lacrosse Mirror, Tim Cabot. Couple months couple months to go here. How are how are you feeling about this?
2: Well, it is it is uh
0: you know, again, kind of bittersweet. Um I do feel like we are in a good place um, as a as an organization and and financially and operationally um, moving forward and and that's kind of everybody's goal I think when you're in a job especially a job like this where you do try to leave the place better than how you found it and I and I feel like we've done that although it, it's hard for me honestly to I mean I think we're all kind of going through just another shock to the system of what happened last week at the U.S. Capitol, and we're all trying to get our heads around just the the state of divide in our country, and you know, so it's the local issues are, are still obviously first and foremost, and, and want to make sure that we're we're doing everything we can to keep our lo- local services going. But uh, I'll tell you, um, I'm still I don't think have have quite come to grips with everything that we witnessed last, uh, last week on January 6th. And, and just, you know, none of us had seen that before uh, that insurrection and attempted coup or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, pretty, pretty unbelievable at, at at times. And I think we're all still trying to come to grips with that.
1: Yeah. I feel, I feel like people even, and you just did there, you got to tiptoe around the fact that that's what it was. Like it's, it's, it's not it's no joke. And, you know, when when you said you weren't going to re- run again for mayor, you weren't going to run for reelection. I thought, you know, this covid thing's pretty devastating. It's it's probably pretty tough on the city. It wouldn't be a bad idea to bail right now. Uh, but now I see that you probably it looks like you predicted this coup attempt last Wednesday. And this is why you're getting out of rerunning for mayor. Uh, you, you, you see this divide in the country you're like I'm out of here. I'm going to do something else
0: well I think it it's it's really on all of us as a as a, whether it's local officials or or state or federal officials to um to have this this ideal of getting back to the truth and i and I think that's one of those underlying causes and and I don't have any i mean I have no doubt in my mind that it was the president and many of his enablers uh, that are the cause for what happened on, on Wednesday, and they should be held accountable for that. I think even including, uh, you know, unfortunately, our own one of our own senators, Senator Johnson, um, even here locally, we have the head of the Republican Party, Bill Feehan, who continued to spread these lies that this was not a free and fair election. And... That, that, to me, is, has been so damaging. I think we somehow, as, as local officials and state and federal and, and as a country, we've got to get back to the truth. And, and I think it was one of the clips that I saw, it was Senator Mitt Romney, I think, who did a, a phenomenal job and said at the best, that you respect people, especially if you're an elected official and you're talking to constituents, you respect them by telling them the truth. That, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won an election and in, in, instead of celebrating the fact that it was record turnout, you know, we had this election um, during a global pandemic and all of the accommodations that were made to ensure that there was a free and fair vote. I mean, those should have all been celebrated as successes. And instead, we had officials who just continued to spout lies about the fact that you know, without any proof whatsoever. They were given ample opportunities through sixty some court cases and you know all kinds of opportunities to uh, to provide the proof. And there, because there wasn't any proof, there were just lies. And we even still today have uh, folks I know in Minnesota, you know, congressmen spouting lies about. This election was a fraud. So I I don't know that that's. uh, It's not that I'm happy to be exiting. I think it's you know a challenge for any official, but especially now we really have to get back to the truth and and stop this this uh, just unbelievable nonsense, which has led to bloodshed. I mean, we've got a a, a U.S. Capitol police officer who was murdered, and um, if uh, those who are spouting these conspiracy theories, you know, they all have. Some responsibility to bear
1: for that. It, it is funny too that I, I don't know if it ever would happen. Do you feel like this divisiveness would trickle down into local politics? I mean, we have a mayor's race. We have ten candidates, but we don't really have this divisiveness here. It seems like uh, as we get higher up into that into that divide, there becomes a divide, and and that's part of the game. We've talked about it with uh anthony tragoski the will lacrosse political science professor I'm, i mean and they're probably better at the politics but they try to create this divide obviously we don't have that uh, as big of a divide here we, we you know like how do we vote for a mayor mayoral candidate we have 10 of them well we can't look at the d and the r next to their name we actually have to get to know these people and get to know their policies right
0: right that, and that's a great point I mean thankfully we're blessed at the local level in Wisconsin to be nonpartisan so we are really elected to do the people's business whether folks are a Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever and that is how I really approached my eight years as mayor was to uh, to do what's in the best interest of our city and and to uh, protect you know health safety and welfare and to actually to do things that would would move our community forward um i did see unfortunately that the nastiness of the uh the partisan politics flare up uh especially you know this a few months ago when the president wanted to host a rally at the airport and and we said no i mean there was a lot of a lot of partisan rhetoric um that that went and a lot of hate and you know threats and all those things which again as if you're an elected official you you get used to that but i think Obviously, words matter, and when those words lead to actual physical destruction of the Capitol in an attempt by a group of people to, uh, I mean, uh, you know, round up our, our nationally elected officials and do bad things to them and, and to try to change the outcome of an election and, and being spurred on by the president it is just beyond what any of us, I think— um, can, can even probably comprehend at this point, but I do believe that holding all of them accountable and asking for people to resign if, if they were part of that is the right next step. And then again, getting back to this idea of truth and, and, um, uh, and calling out uh, the, those lies, especially when when we all know that um, the, like our local election officials here, I mean, they do an, a phenomenal job, and I would expect that throughout the rest of the state as well as the rest of the country. Um, and, and for them to be vilified and for the uh, the, the the one party, uh, unfortunately, it, you know, the Republican Party, to go out and, and cast doubt on the, that election and to constantly drumbeat this notion that it was fraud, for you know, for just the president's race. I mean, you know, the congressman Tiffany, congressman Fitzgerald, didn't say anything about their own races. The fact that they were on these same ballots that they're somehow disputing that the president um,
2: it, it was
0: different. So it, it's just it, it's a sad day for a country. I, I do believe our democracy and our country is resilient, but it's really on all of us to um, to be part of the solution
1: lacrosse mayor tim cabot on with us for the next hour if you got questions 608-785-7914 we'll talk about the mayoral race coming up and and uh just uh, obviously there's uh, city matters to to be ahead and i will just note tim the last time that you tweeted was april 19th 2020 so i'm just going to throw that out there you have retweeted since, right. since august but you haven't uh, actually had a tweet um all right we'll be back after this All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text line. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot is on with us. Mayor, I got a couple. I got two two callers here. One is local, and one is one is kind of what we were just talking about. So I'll just do the one where we were talking about just now. With with Dirks is calling in. Dirks, real quick, go ahead. You're on with the mayor. Yeah,
2: uh,
0: yeah thank you very much, and um, I appreciate all the time here. I guess, uh, Mr. Mayor, I. I'm independent. I'm not Republican or Democrat. I uh, I didn't vote for Trump the first time or Clinton. Um, but my issue is that you're saying that we have some Republicans that are liars out there that they're just coming up. They're coming up with some chump charges that the elections weren't rigged. I I have, I just find it hard to believe that they pulled out that many votes for Biden to win. It was 11, 12 million votes. Um yeah I just I don't know how you can say that, and I think why there was no transparency with our uh, Congress now. I mean people are sick of it, they're, they're tired of it. They're, and besides me, there are many, 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 many more people in the United States that are just tired of it, and they're starting to stand up for themselves. And-
1: All right, uh, Thanks for the call, Dirks. Uh, Mary, you, you got anything there?
0: Well, I, I would just say that I, I, again. The this notion somehow that the election was fraudulent. Um, the you know the avenues for that were through the courts, through audits, through recounts. All of those things happened, and it 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 showed that our election was free and fair. And so this notion, and it, and it, I mean, it's only coming from one party. Unfortunately, for the for that party, they they're the ones that keep. Mentioning that somehow there was this fraud. So, um, so that, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah. The the notion that this was a fraudulent election, especially for those people in the know, that's just an outright lie. Um, I I would agree, though, that I do think people are tired of of Congress at times and tired of, of what's going on. And there are many ways to voice your displeasure it's never acceptable to break into the Capitol, to threaten the deaths of the Congress people, the, you know, shouting that they're going to hang the vice president. Um, uh, you know, there there was a Capitol police officer that was murdered. There were other people that died, other injuries. Um, violence is never the answer uh, when it comes to expressing your displeasure. And so um, that that's where I think, again, we, we've got to get back to the truth. I mean, for months, even before the election and then after the election, the president and his enablers kept sharing the lie that the the election was rigged. It was not a rigged election. I mean, I, and, and that's where um, I, I don't understand um, how how we can move beyond that, because we have now millions of people who believe the president, who thinks this was a rigged election And they'll never believe that Joe Biden was elected fairly and freely, and that's really unfortunate for our country.
1: Yeah, it's always funny. People can't believe so many people voted for Joe Biden over Donald Trump, but we had more people vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. So you can't. It's just kind of comical. Um, All right, I want to reel it in a little bit because I mean we could talk all day about national politics. There's nothing. It's really kind of a little bit of out of our hands. But Bill is calling in. He's asking about the sewer line that busted, I think, two weekends ago. I think you, you guys got a just kind of a call out of the blue from somebody that noticed raw sewage going into the Lacrosse River, and, and Bill had some questions about that. Bill, go ahead. You're on the air with sure. the mayor.
2: Yeah, Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor, go ahead, yes. Bill. Well, you're on. Yeah, if I, if I dump, I got a private sewer interceptor. If I dump forty-two thousand gallons into the Lacrosse River, what would happen to me?
0: Well, you would you would be in trouble with the DNR just like we are, so... Okay, so how much would I be fined? I'm not sure. I mean, that would, that would be a hypothetical example. Well, no, would I get fined? The city would not get fined, correct? Again, you're, you're asking me a hypothetical example. Yes, a sewer main broke. We yep. are on the list for enforcement activity from the Wisconsin DNR. And we are in the process of fixing that sewer line.
2: So hypothetically, will the city get sued or uh, fined for that then, like I would? We could. I'm not sure if we will or not.
0: I mean, that's really an enforcement effort by the Wisconsin DNR and whether or not uh, we will face any penalties for that.
1: And we have a story. I think you guys addressed this at the Board of Public Works meeting, which happened every Monday, I believe, at 10 o'clock, right? 10 o'clock?
0: Correct. We, We talked about it this morning. We had that very specific sewer main and part of our force main there are two that that run through that area uh, for repairs and ready to go unfortunately in, in 2019 um, the the river levels went up and prevented us from from making those repairs and so with the the high river levels eventually that eroded the uh, the kind of the soil around that main and and um, uh, Bernie Lenz shared with that that you know, shared that with us this morning, that um, we had this on our list of repairs, but unfortunately we didn't get it done in time. So that is a responsibility that we take very seriously, and we're going to do a, a permanent fix, and it'll be up to the DNR whether they choose to enforce, um, you know, enforce this on us. And, and, and I think the caller, you know, alluding to... Uh, This is another example of just kind of this notion of, well, what about this and what about that? I mean, I think it's um, the the idea, you know, that somehow that the city is above the law or that we don't we don't, you know, we're not held to the same standard is just simply not true. Uh, We're held to an incredibly high standard by both state and federal rules. And when we have these situations, we do. Have um, there are enforcement measures that the state uh, can can enact on us? So we, we take it very seriously, and it's unfortunate that that happened, and, and we're going to
1: get that fixed. All right, number three is calling in, and number number three always has something local to talk about. Number three, go ahead. Hey there. Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was wondering if we are still giving free bus rides to everybody. Yep. Yes. At
0: least for the for the short term the MTU is working on uh getting um barriers installed on the buses and at some point we will get back to then uh charging for those rides. There's legislation going through the council coming, this right? week. Okay, well, I'm I'm trying to answer your question. So, um there's legislation uh, yeah, well, us... through the council this week to uh go to a contactless payment system. So that we will be able to then start charging for rides again. Yep. And that'll mm. happen sometime very soon.
1: Anything else fancy? Are these buses going to have some a cool stereo system? Or I know they're hybrid buses. So,
0: <laughs> well, there, there's, they are. I mean, so from a from a several standpoints. I mean, um, we're installing those barriers to keep our riders and our drivers as safe as possible. There's also. Uh, special air handling uh, that's happening there to, to try to do whatever we can to prevent the spread of any viruses. The, the contactless payment system, which will enable people then um, to, to use their smartphones um, as, as an option, I think, are all very important. Um, the hybrid buses, as well as two electric buses, uh, are going to help improve and reduce our carbon footprint, and even the uh, the diesel buses that were purchasing are much more efficient than our current buses so we'll realize savings on on the amount of diesel that we use and then ultimately the again the carbon emission so we are we are trying to do what we can at the local level to be part of the solution when it comes to reducing um, our, our carbon footprint.
1: I always think it's funny, Mayor Cabot, the, the, the double standard that we have when you bring up alternate side parking, and we're going to put that the the fines for alternate side parking on recess until we actually get some snow. Everyone's okay with that. But when you bring up the idea that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put off paying for bus rides because a, you, there's a chance to spread the virus by how you pay and B people are in a pandemic and they're losing a lot of money. You know, the people that use the bus, although I've heard that you use the bus as well, uh, you know, they're they're using the bus for probably for, uh, you know, they probably don't have a car of their own. So they need to use the bus. So the the idea that we we postpone paying for bus rides is is another thing. But like we're going to we're going to point out that people don't have to pay for the bus and we're going to be mad about that. But we're also we're okay with not finding for alternate side parking It's just kind of a weird double standard.
0: Well, it is, and it, I think it just gets back to, uh, the, the, you know, that, that cliche, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So I, I think when it comes to our, the MTU fares, I mean, we, we, that is one area where the federal government did provide CARES funding to our transit system to help us deal with the loss of, of, um, uh, fare box revenue and, and for the reasons that you mentioned, Rick, you know, early on in the pandemic, to try to maintain the level of service because we know how many thousands of people every day rely on the bus to get to appointments, to get to work, to get to school, and so we wanted to make sure we maintained that service, and yet we did not want folks, you know, literally touching and, and being within, you know, a few inches of our drivers, if at all possible, so we were, you know, we were we took the step of, of not requiring fares and encouraged people to enter um, on the on the side rear door. So anyway, uh, we 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 did what we thought was best for the overall health and safety of our public, and, and we will be getting back to resuming the, the fares once uh, once we have that contactless payment system in place.
1: That's Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. He's going to join us for the rest of the hour. We're gonna when, he, when we come back after Scott's comment. The news here, uh, we'll talk about the ten candidates running for mayor and and just some of the stuff that. Uh, Mayor Cabot had to go through what back in 2013 when you were right 10 candidates, you were one of 10 trying to uh, win an election 11. as well. Oh, one yeah, of 11. 11. Um, all right, we'll give it to that when we come back. All right, welcome back to lacrosse talk. PM 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Tim Cabot is joining us for the rest of this hour. If you want to get in here. Um, all right, Mayor. There's there's obviously a mayoral race to replace you. Ten candidates on the ballot for uh, February 16th, I believe, is that that primary election. Um, what when when you were going through this, you were one of eleven candidates, like you said before. Uh, how did you? How were you able to distinguish yourself amongst the field?
0: Well, I, I, at least I tried. I mean, that, that's probably a good question for, for others. But I, I tried to talk specifically about what I felt um, I could bring to the table as mayor and, again, to move the city forward. If, if you remember, uh, or or for those that maybe, uh, you know, eight years ago, eight plus years ago, you know, unfortunately at that time, we had a lot of conflict between uh, then-Mayor Harder and the Common Council and you know, one of the things that I tried to offer was that, you know, trying to work more closely together. So I think, you know, these ten candidates with that many people, um, name recognition certainly will come into play and, and we're you know, many of us will know many of the candidates. It's really the the notion of what are what are they gonna bring as an individual that's going to help move us forward as a community and if they have specific priorities, I I focused or, you know, when I ran, I I really thought there were three areas that we needed attention. And one was on our neighborhoods and and really making investments on safety and housing and and infrastructure within our neighborhoods. The other area that I focused on was on just improving city hall transparency and customer service. And then the third area was on, on business and economic development. So, um, you know I, I think as folks are are looking at the candidates to, to, to understand what specific plans and ideas are they gonna bring forward in, in trying to get beyond you know just kind of the general platitudes about oh, you know'm I'm, I'm gonna improve lacrosse. Well, let's get down into some of those those details. I think that's uh, successful candidates will be able to clearly explain where they stand and, and where those details uh, you know what they offer for for the for
1: the job do you see those issues as the big three still or obviously the pandemic's got to be the number one issue and but there's so many different avenues you can take with that do you do you have off the top of your head do you i mean you're you're doing it right now so you must uh just like three big priorities going forward that these these mayors are going to have to address
0: well the definitely i mean the 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 uh, recovery from the pandemic um, will be will be a key factor. I mean, by April, when the, the next mayor takes office, more and more of the vaccines will have been uh, distributed and, and provided. So we'll hopefully have more and more of our, our citizens being vaccinated. And, and then I think it's, you know, the, the the challenge that we've had all along is the lack of confidence that people have in,
1: uh, you know,
0: visiting stores and going to restaurants and bars for for fear of contracting the coronavirus and 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 so that's obviously had some very significant and severe negative economic impacts to our our businesses and and getting the coronavirus under control will help then with that consumer confidence and I think you know that's going to be an issue uh, where the next mayor where are their priorities um, as far as getting back to recovery and and how do they think we should go about doing that I think that will be definitely one I think. You know, another area is just the ongoing investments that we need to make as a city, and, and you know, constantly working on investments uh, on roads and infrastructure. And you know, we talked in your last segment about uh, the the broken sewer main and the Lacrosse River. I mean, all of those kinds of things uh, require just day-to-day attention and and investment. So it'll be interesting to see from these candidates what their priorities are for for spending. Uh, and then I think the, the big issue that we have to come to grips with is just the, the issues of, of racial equity and trying to be as welcoming and inclusive of a community as we can be. You know, lacrosse, La um I think we've taken some, some steps towards that, but that work is never done. And how do we go about making sure that everybody in lacrosse feels welcome? And, and then I think the fourth area really is just the ongoing issues that we have with flooding and climate and trying to make infrastructure more resilient, you know, again, just talking about the broken sewer main, uh, you know, part of our challenge was the high river levels in 2019. I mean, we, we were under um, a flood stage for, you know, the record breaking levels and then a record breaking duration. And it prevented us from doing some of the things we needed to do, which then resulted in a sewer main break. So, um, those are the the four areas that I really think um, you know where we've got to go
1: the next few years. All right, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, on with us um, with with ten candidates. And I, you know, when you ran in 2013, I think maybe maybe uh, social media and, and the way we get information and the way we can give information probably has just come tenfold. Uh, these these candidates probably have a lot more avenues to get the word out. Uh, they they don't just have to come on Lacrosse Talk PM.
2: No, that's
0: true. I think even, you know, it's, it's amazing how fast, um, you know, that has changed and evolved. I made it a pledge uh, as a way to, again, to try to be as accessible as possible. And, and I you know, I'd like to feel good about the fact that I've been on this program every month, I think, for the eight years that, you know, that, that it's been available. So I think each candidate, again, is going to look for ways that they can, be accessible and, and to, um, you know, to, to be able to interact with voters. This year has been tough with COVID. But, but again, getting back towards the end of this year, when we hopefully are, and you know, everybody's vaccinated and we're back to more normal circumstances, the, the various events. I mean, we, we tried to do coffees with Cabot, where it was just really an open forum, and we invited the, the community to come. I did a number of those, and those were always very positive, and we had good turnout for many of them. Um, looking looking for ways to engage people and, and to, to again to, to get an understanding of where people's priorities are i think is is important so social media will definitely be uh, you know prominent going forward I, at times I, I i it's a bit uh, more challenging because social media can denigrate pretty quickly and just become you know a place for people to be negative and not necessarily to, to offer you know positive solutions but to just uh, you know, perpetuate kind of the, the negative nastiness. So that'll be the, you know, that's the, the balancing act that the next mayor will have to walk. But, but, but we tried many different ways to, to be able to get people engaged.
1: All right. Joe's calling in. He's got a question about the, uh, the future of the candidates running Joe, go ahead.
2: Hi, Mayor Cabot. Uh, just hey to get you to comment and then just a question as well. Um, what type of headwinds did you face that uh, you didn't think were going to be as strong or no matter which way you tried to turn uh, seemed to always be, you know, pushing you backwards? If you could comment on, you know, some of the unsuspected headwinds that you faced, whether, you know, whether it was city council or other as being mayor, and then uh, if you had any type of advice for the candidates running on how to, you know, buck those headwinds. you could just comment on that, maybe some advice for the ones running.
1: That was Buck. Sure. He said Buck with a B there, uh, everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was Buck as on uh, how to handle those headwinds.
1: Yeah, uh, I got you, Joe. Put your the- hood
2: tight and face forward, or the kind of a, a sideways walk that you do with it, or what kind of advice would you have for them, and what kind of took you guys uh, surprise is what the strongest headwinds
1: would be. Thanks for the question, Joe. Uh, God, I had that question on my list, but he, added, he asked it so much better than I would. Go ahead, Ter- Tim.
0: Well, I I think the—I mean, it's—I got some some good advice because I had reached out to the to the mayors that that did you know the job before me, Mayor Zoki, Mayor Harder, uh, Mayor Mettinger, just to try to get some of that same uh, advice and same ideas. And I'll remember, and I won't say which mayor it was, but one of the mayors had said that being mayor is a very lonely job because. The, you know, the council members, the department heads, um, they're not necessarily your friends. And, you know, again, maybe kind of uh, in our history uh, in the past, you know, there was there was more uh, friction uh, between those groups. But I did find at times when I would be proposing things or trying to look for solutions, um, there were times when I, I was surprised by the pushback that I got from whether it was, you know, individual departments or... From certain common kind of council members, and how quickly things would seem to escalate to be more, almost more personal, rather than you know just really looking for solutions to you know to the problems, and that's what we've got to do at the local level is solve problems, and, and just how quickly you know the forces w- were aligned. I'll use just one specific example, and, and it's a it's a recent example. Um, the this summer in looking at our budget and looking at ways to go forward, and anytime you have um, uh, vacancies, especially at the department head level, the um, uh, the you know that's your opportunity to try to consolidate, to try to to merge, to try to do things to, to save taxpayer dollars and still keep some some of the same levels of service. Um, I was working with the various departments, really trying to. Uh, understand their perspectives and, and talk about that, and, and put out some information um, uh, that was then, in essence, leaked to whether it was a department head or 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 whom, whomever, but leaked to the council and leaked to the media about my you know sinister plan to uh, eliminate positions with people that were either either they were or they weren't retiring, and it was re- really unfortunate because I think you know, I kind of looked at that as like, of all of the efforts that I've made over the last almost eight years, trying to, you know, work with people and and come together with solutions, you know, that kind of mistrust and that underhandedness where, um, you know, staff or or council members were trying to, um, you know, in essence, have that go away before it could even be debated, I thought was just really unfortunate. So I think, those are the challenges that you just never know when you're going to um, when, when you're going to experience them I think as far as advice to the candidates is to be yourself and um, I tried to do that all along through my through my two terms was to be myself and, and really to try to have good relationships and communications with both council members and the department heads I mean we we, we did a lot of meetings I met with every department head on a very regular basis we had, you know, monthly department head meetings. We had uh, many opportunities to to try to build that relationship and build those levels of trust. And you know, the, the 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 sort of both the beauty and the challenge with the mayor's job is that the mayor is the only CEO in the city, especially with an organization that's a ninety-some million dollar budget and, and almost six hundred employees, where the mayor doesn't have the ability to hire or fire anyone. Um, the mayor has to use his or her power of persuasion to get things done. And I'd like to think that, you know, the eight years of what we were able to accomplish as a city is a testament to that power of persuasion. And I know uh, mayors before, um, you know, they're judged on whether how well they got things done and it all comes down to, you know, being able to build relationships and and to persuade. And that's going to be the challenge for the next mayor. I mean, they've got to be able to, uh, persuade a group of council members and departments that their vision and their ideas is really the best way forward without the ability to then say, well, if you don't like my ideas, I'm going to fire you. But, you know, the mayor of Lacrosse does not have that authority. And so I think that would be my advice is just be yourself, look for ways that you can build relationships and build trust because you're going to need all of those people if you want to get anything done.
1: All right, you're doing my job for me here. You just take five minute answer. Uh, we have five minutes here, Mayor, and I've got I've got one to you. I think I got four questions. One's real easy, but um, I want to get I want to get your answers. I don't know if we'll, we'll do rapid fire here, but uh, we got five sure. minutes. Uh, how surprised are you that nobody ran against you in 2017? I feel like that's not like great for democracy when we just have uh, somebody running unopposed.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I was very surprised. I was all geared up for um to have a you know a hard fought election or a re-election battle and and I was just as shocked as everybody else that there were no challengers four years ago
1: now, with that, the city council has seven seats open, and and for a while there, there was only one person running in three of those seats. But now, all but one of those seats has two people running. But are you surprised that aren't, there aren't more than two people running for these seats? And then in district, let me see off the top of my head, I can't. In district nine, just Chris Woodard is running, so there's only one person running in one of the city council for one of the city council seats
0: yeah I do think it's it's a challenge and and again, it's back to that local level. you know, all the national politics and the state politics get the headlines and people's motions and, and energies. and at the local level it's where you have the most ability to actually you know create a good quality of life for your community. And so it is um it is a shame that you know we don't have contested elections each time. I also think, that there might be people you know they've got busy lives and that's as elected officials you, you you know that's your job is to get these things done um, because people are so busy with their going to work and just trying to take care of families and whatnot um, but I, I do think it's also um, it, it's a very thankless job so if you're if you're looking to run for city council or mayor and think that somehow uh, people are going to be putting you on a pedestal, uh, they should think again because that does not happen. <laughs> so that, that might be also something to do with it, that, uh, um, you know, the the level of, of uh, just, you know, discourse that's going on might be, uh, you know, preventing some people, some good people from running because they see what goes on and they don't want to have any part of that.
1: All right. Three-minute warning. Uh, what 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 things do you think, uh, you know, when you got into office in 2013, I know you had advice for the mayors, but d- did anything really hit you as you started taking over the job? And you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe, uh, I don't know anything about this, or I, I don't believe I have to deal with this, or I really have to learn on the fly about this. I, I, it's very yes. general, but you probably know.
0: Yes, to all three of those questions. So yes, it was um, you know, I don't know enough about this. I need to educate myself and and get up to speed. Yes, to the idea of like, I can't believe they're asking the mayor about this. And I have maybe I'll I'll you know share share that when I leave office. But there, some of the questions that come into the mayor's office are um, are head scratchers when you're trying to understand why would they think to call the mayor about that specific issue. But you know, the next mayor will have those too, and then. I think uh you know yes to just the notion of um, I've got to learn on the fly at times because you do not have a lot of time necessarily to uh, to get as much information as you want, but you do, and that's where again having having that outreach to the public and to our constituents that helps a lot because if you listen to you listen to the people that you're trying to work for, um, many times the answers are there and that helps guide you.
1: Okay, one more one minute warning here. Uh, do you think we should have ranked choice voting? Maybe we should have discussed this two, three years ago, and now that we have 10 candidates, ranked choice voting would be really nice, because then everyone's vote would count for a candidate.
0: Well, I, I do think that it's interesting, and it would be worth uh, some more discussion and thoughts and, and, and deliberations, because uh, I would agree that our, our election system and, and things that um, you know, that's the fundamental democracy. We, we do need to look at those and make sure that they're operating at, at the best level possible. So I would be I would be down with that. I think that's something that we should investigate.
1: And lastly, I know you're still learning about candidates just as anyone is. And, and, and if you're still here, you'll be voting on it for, for these people. Will you endorse anyone down the road?
0: I don't. I don't foresee that happening. I. I don't know that my endorsement really holds. A, would hold a lot of sway over over people. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, when when we get down to the final two candidates, I guess we'll see, depending on you know just who they are. But I don't. I don't foresee myself making an endorsement.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, joining us as he does every month. Thanks, Mayor. You bet. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back after this. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Monday with Mayor Tim Cabot. I appreciate everyone for listening, for texting, and some of you don't appreciate for texting, but <laughs> that's all right uh, because they're not not all the texts are uh, con- in- constructive, I should say. I Didn't get him to endorse anyone. I don't think I don't think any of us know anyone well enough at this point to endorse people. So, but I'm going to start to rapid fire getting these uh, candidates on on the show so you can hear everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.